Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode number 16 of the World of Sports podcast, hosted by Diego Sandoval. I am your host, Diego Sandoval, and today we've got a pretty packed episode. Uh, We will be going over this year's NBA draft, going to be giving my mock draft for the first 10 picks. Uh, I will give my NFL power rankings uh, here in week 10, and as always, give my bold predictions for this week in the NFL. Um... If you would like to follow this podcast on Twitter and Instagram, be sure to check out at TWOS Podcast. Also, follow me on TikTok at the World of Sports Podcast. I've been posting a lot of videos there recently. Uh, Going to continue to put out content on that um, platform as well. Let's get into the podcast now. As always, we start off with news from around the leagues. Uh, not a lot of news, but we still got some. Uh, the Miami Marlins have hired the first female general manager in. MLB history. Uh, her name is Kim, and her last name is NG. I'm not really sure how to pronounce that. But, you know, great great for the Marlins, great for the MLB. Uh, definitely more females in higher-up positions in the MLB, and I think this is a great stepping stone. Uh, also in the MLB, Marcus Stroman has decided to stay with the Mets. He picked up his player option. Uh, he opted out of last season due to COVID-19 concerns. I think this is a great move for the Mets and Stroman. Stroman wasn't really going to get paid like he is with the Mets right now just because he didn't play last season. And the Mets need uh, starting pitching, you know, to go along with DeGrom and Syndergaard's coming back next year. Uh, So we'll see how that rotation looks next season. Last piece of news from the MLB. Yankees second baseman DJ LeMahieu is officially going to be a free agent. He opted out of his... uh, Player, player option uh, with his contract. We'll see where LeMahieu lands. It'd be a tough loss for the Yankees. He was their best hitter all year long. MVP candidate. Uh, so yeah, we'll see what the LeMahieu situation ends up being in the coming weeks. Moving along, we've got a couple of pieces of news from the NBA offseason starting to heat up. Trade rumors, things like that. Um, the Orlando Magic are reportedly willing to trade Aaron Gordon and their number 15 pick. Uh, to move up in the draft lottery. Um, so we'll see if the Magic choose to make a move. Uh, they're kind of, you know, obviously not set for the playoffs right now. It looks like they're going to try to go into rebuild mode. So we'll see what the Magic choose to do with that pick and Aaron Gordon. The Dallas Mavericks, obviously most definitely in the playoff uh, hunt. I have them as my, I think, number six on our power rankings going into next season. The Mavericks are looking to trade for a third star. They're looking at Zach Levine, Victor Oladipo, Spencer Dinwiddie. Those are just a couple names that have been thrown out there. Um, And I think any of those three guys would make that team a lot better to complement Doncic and Porzingis. So so we'll see what the Mavericks are willing to do, what they're willing to give up, and how, how much they're going to pursue these guys. The Boston Celtics are reportedly eyeing Drew Holiday, which is an interesting fit for me. He'd likely play the... uh, the two guard or backup Kemba Walker, um, you know, that team is pretty full of guards with Walker and um, Jalen Brown, but uh, he's a great defensive player. Uh, he can facilitate on the offensive end, could just come off of his, as a six man for them, uh, could really help their depth and their bench overall. Last piece of news from the NBA, Russell Westbrook reportedly wants out of Houston. He does not want to be a rocket anymore. Um and it looks like the Rockets are going to try to trade him in the coming weeks. Possible suitors we've heard from are the Knicks, uh, the Hornets, or the Clippers. I don't see the Clippers happening. Um, 
I guess Russ probably wants, apparently he wants to be, you know, the face of the franchise, the number one guy. He wants the ball in his hands, and that's just not going to happen if he goes to the Clippers, you know, with Kawhi and Paul George. So I think he'll probably go to a lower lower end team like the Knicks or the Hornets just so that he can be the guy there, and I think that's what he's always wanted. So we'll see. Um, I'll continue to update it, obviously, every week. And on my Instagram and Twitter, um, as well as my TikTok. Um, but yeah, we'll see what Russell Westbrook does. One piece of news from the NFL, Christian McCaffrey came back this, this last week and got hurt again. A different injury. Hurt his shoulder. Out this week. You know, it's it's a rough time for, for Christian McCaffrey this season. He's already missed about eight games with his ankle injury. Um, you're expected to miss this week. Could be back for next week, though. So, hoping Christian McCaffrey heals up and is back on the field because we all know the Panthers are ten times better when Christian McCaffrey is on the field. All right, that's it from news. We're going to move on. Uh, we've got the NBA draft coming up. I, it is this Wednesday. This next Wednesday right now, I'm recording this on Friday, November 13th. Friday the 13th. Um, happy birthday, Logan, if you're watching. <laughs> Um, but the NBA draft is this, this coming Wednesday. Um, so I'm just going to go through the top 10 picks and who I think each team will draft or should draft in my opinion. Starting off with the number one pick, the Minnesota Timberwolves. I think that the number one pick in this draft should be LaMelo Ball, the 6'6 point guard. In my opinion, he is the most talented player in this draft. Uh, he's got... Crazy athleticism, really good ball handling, and just court vision in general. He's a really good passing guard, and his six six frame makes him that much better as a passing guard. Um, we know we know the name recognition. Obviously, his brother Lonzo. They had the the big baller brand for a while, um, and honestly, that makes the team more marketable. You know, Minnesota, they're kind of in this in between point where they have stars. You know, D'Angelo Russell, Carl Anthony Towns, but they're not you know, necessarily succeeding or making the deep run into the playoffs. And I think a guy like LaMelo Ball could definitely complement those two and bring a good market to the team and potentially help them towards a playoff run. And I think the one question he's always had is his jump shot. And I think if he can perfect his jump shot or at least tweak it so that he is somewhat average from behind the arc, uh, I think he has great potential. So my number one pick in this draft is LaMelo Ball. Moving on to the number two pick, the Golden State Warriors. Now, the Warriors could trade this pick. You know, they really are sitting pretty next season, whether they trade this pick or not. Um, but that is yet to be seen. Apparent, um, we're hearing that some teams may want to move up to this number two pick. But we'll see. As of right now, the Warriors still have that pick, so I'm going to go about like the Warriors are picking. If I'm the Warriors, I take James Wiseman, the six seven one center from Memphis. Um, obviously they should take him if he should, if they choose not to trade this pick, like I said, and he fills a very obvious need for them. They don't really have many big men. Draymond Green has kind of fallen off and he's not a big, big man. You know, if in the West, you're going to have to go up against, you know, Anthony Davis, Nikola Jokic, you need a big guy down in the middle and, you know, seven, one for Wiseman, he's going to do that. And he'd be great to go, go alongside Stephen Clay. He's a great rebounder. He can... You know, just kind of post up down there as they shoot the ball however they want because it's Steph and Clay. Um, you know, one thing about Wiseman, his kind of downside, he didn't play much in college. He was hurt. Um, and then obviously last season there was no tournament. 
But he has great upside. He, we've seen the, the raw talent from him. So we know there's talent there. We know you know the frame is there. It's just whether or not he's going to be able to perform, and I think he will. So number two pick, I got James Wiseman. Number three, the Charlotte Hornets. I think that the Hornets, if he's available here, take Anthony Edwards, the 6'5 shooting guard from Georgia. Um, I think he's the most NBA-ready prospect. He had a rough pro day, which is kind of why – he slipped a little bit, but he definitely won't drop farther than three. Um, and I think Anthony Edwards really gives the Hornets a star to build around, and they're really desperate for that, um, widely regarded as the worst team in the NBA. They need a guy that they can build around, have trust in, and just kind of build their confidence going forward. And I think Anthony Edwards is the perfect fit for them. So the top three, I think it's almost unanimous that it's going to go LaMelo, Wiseman, Anthony Edwards, barring any, um, you know, trades or you know what have you but i think that's a pretty formidable top three now going on to the rest of the top 10 uh this is where it kind of fluctuates in between who who gets picked who who wants who stuff like that but if i'm the chicago bulls at the number four pick i take danny avdia six nine forward uh international prospect he's only 19 years old uh widely regarded as the best international prospect in this draft um just really good dynamic scorer and he'd be a great add to their the Bulls already young core last year the Bulls we saw the Bulls with the youngest uh starting lineup in the NBA and adding a 19 year old who has just raw talent and raw skill will help them a lot especially because they need that forward position to go along if they keep Zach Levine and with Kobe White who they drafted last year Moving on to number five, I think the Cleveland Cavaliers are done taking guards. You know, they've taken guards the past few drafts. Uh, I think they go with Obi Toppin, 6'9 power forward. Um, and like I said, they've loaded up on guards, and they need a physical big down low to kind of, you know, complement those guards, the Colin Sexton, Darius Garland. Um, they need someone to complement them. And I think Obi Toppin will do a great job of that. He's very physical down low. And I think he should be able to jump right into their starting lineup. You know, they're kind of lacking we'll see what the kevin love situation brings he could get traded if he is traded i wouldn't be surprised if Obi toppin was in the starting lineup but if kevin love remains on the team i think toppin comes off the bench but i think that he'll be i think he's going to be a really good nba player i think he's built for it he performed in college um yeah Obi toppin did the Cavs. moving on to the number six pick i think the atlanta hawks sh- should take onyeka on goku Ngogu, uh, 6'9", power forward slash center from USC. Uh, I think he's the best defensive player in this draft. He still has room to grow offensively, but this, his impact on defense is so huge, and we saw that at USC last season. Um, but, yeah, you know, the Hawks have their point guard of the future in Trey Young. Uh, they have John Collins, who they really like, small forward, power forward. Clint Capello, we'll see how much longer he lasts on the team. But I think Okongu... Uh, would fit great within that team just because they have the offensive weapons we've seen with John Collins, um, Trey Young. Uh, but, you know, they've been lacking on defense. And I think that he, Onyeka, would bring another kind of dimension to that team where they're not just like slouching on defense and just trying to bank on their offense to win games. So if I'm the Hawks, uh, I take Okongwu. Moving on to the number seven pick, the Detroit Pistons. I think that they should take Isaac Okoru, 6'6", small forward. Uh, again, like uh, Okongwu, I think he is one of the best defensive players in the draft. 
and I think if he develops offensively, he could be a legitimate star in the NBA. Uh, the Pistons, you know, they're in, they're in this weird position. You know, they've got a guy like Blake Griffin. They've got other guys who are kind of aging, but then they've got their young guys on their team. So we'll see what direction they decide to take the team. Either way, I think that Isaac Okoru is a great pick and a and should be a great player going forward as long as he can continue to develop offensively. Um, so yeah, that's those are my, that's my take on Isaac Okoru. I think that he should go number seven to the Pistons. Moving on to the team that needs a lot of help, the number eight pick with the New York Knicks. Uh, they need a point guard. Uh, frankly, that's it. They need a point guard. They need someone to go along R.J. Barrett. Um, I think that they, they will take, if he is there, Tyrese Halliburton, um, 6'5 point guard. He could go higher in this draft, to be honest. But if he does drop, I definitely see the Knicks taking him. He's a phenomenal shooter. And the Knicks are obviously desperately in need of another scoring option to go along with, you know, R.J. Barrett, Julius Randle. That team has really struggled the past few seasons. And I think adding Halliburton adds another dimension to that team with the three-point ball that they haven't really had in years past. Um, but yeah, if not Halliburton, I think they, they take a guard no matter what. And I think Killian Hayes is also on their list. Uh, I've got him going 10. I'll talk about him in a little bit. But, yeah, I got the Knicks taking Halliburton. Um, the Wizards. The Wizards are in this weird position. You know, John Wall's coming back this season. We'll see where he kind of jumps back in. They've obviously got Bradley Beal. He's kind of taken over as their best player. But we'll see. John Wall could come back and surprise a bunch of people. I don't think that he'll be the same after his injuries. Um, but, again, we just have to wait and see. But I think that they, they should take a forward. Obviously, they're loaded at guard right now. I think they take Patrick Williams, 6'8 forward. Uh, very versatile on defense, and he's shown flashes here and there of shooting and playmaking. Uh, struggled a bit from three-point um, three land last year in college, but I think Williams has potential, like I said, good defensively, and he's had some playmaking ability here and there that we've seen. And now the number 10 pick uh, is the Phoenix Suns, and it is reported that the Suns are looking for guards to complement Devin Booker, so most likely a one guard, a point guard, while Booker plays the shooting guard. Um, and I think a perfect fit for them would be uh, 6'5 point guard Killian Hayes from France. Um, honestly, Hayes getting looks up and down the board could go top five, but also could go drop to like 20. I think he fits well with the Suns, especially with their need of a point guard to go alongside Devin Booker. Killian Hayes can score, but then he's also good at facilitating. He can pass the ball well. And we all know Devin Booker is going to be the number one option on that team. Um, so, yeah, I've got Killian Hayes going in the top 10 to these Phoenix Suns. That's my top 10 NBA mock draft. Again, I'll just run through the prospects and who I think each team will take. Timberwolves, LaMelo Ball. Warriors, James Wiseman. Hornets, Anthony Edwards. Bulls, Denny Avdia. Cavs, Obi Toppin. Hawks, Onyeka Okongwu. Pistons, Isaac Okoru. Knicks, Tyrese Halliburton. Wizards, Patrick Williams, and Suns, Killian Hayes. All right, moving on. Uh, now after the my NBA draft recap, not recap, just predictions, um, we're going to go into my NFL power rankings for um, going into week 10. I've got my top 10 teams in the NFL. All right, let's get into it. Number one, my best team in the NFL is the Kansas City Chiefs at 8-1. I mean, we've seen Patrick Mahomes is really hitting his stride in the last few weeks, and 
you know, I talked about this in a TikTok. He could, I think he could overtake Russ as MVP, and I think he's slowly doing that. Um, we've seen the Chiefs. They've dominated all season long. They lost one game to the Raiders. Um, but I think that this team really is the best team in the NFL um, all around. You know, they got the experience. They've got the chemistry together. They've all managed to stay healthy. Um, but, yeah, Kansas City Chiefs, number one in my power rankings. Now, number two, a lot of people have them as their number one just because they're undefeated, but I don't think that they're the best team in the NFL. The Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, they're 8-0. Yes, I'm going to give it to them. That's why they're number two. But they're not number one because they haven't had a very hard schedule. They played the Ravens once, and other than that, that's their only real, you know, challenging opponent. Um, and then last week we saw they were one drive away from losing to the Cowboys, um, who are severely depleted and arguably in the bottom three teams in the NFL right now. Um, but the Steelers, you got to give it, they have the one of the best, if not the best defenses in the NFL. Um, but the one thing that's kind of shaky about them, in my opinion, is Big Ben and if he can stay healthy. I'm not sure if he can. This last week we saw him. He kind of hobbled off the field, hurt both knees, which I didn't know <laughs> you could really do. Uh, he came limping off both legs. So <laughs> we'll see how he ends up with that. See if he's able to stay healthy. Speaking about speaking about Big Ben, he is really going to have to step up and play better than he has all season if they want to make a deep playoff run. They've kind of really leaned on their defense this year. Um, and we've seen time and time again in the last years slowly moving past that narrative that defenses win championships. Uh, offenses are increasingly more important. We saw it with the Chiefs last year. They had the most explosive offense in the league and an average defense but they still managed to win the Super Bowl. So the Steelers on the offensive side are really going to have to pick it up if they want to make a deep run into the playoffs. Number three in my, power, in my power rankings are the New Orleans Saints, who have kind of just shot up week after week. And I think this last week they really showed how good that they are when fully healthy. Uh, they won big against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers last week. Really just obliterated them um i think Jameis winston came in in the fourth quarter and quarterback for the rest of the game um we saw drew Brees; he looked a lot better with all of his weapons back you know having michael thomas back adds an entire new element to that team we know drew Brees isn't the most prolific deep ball thrower but um michael thomas is so good running the short routes that you know it offers him that security blanket and it lets Drew Brees play with a lot more confidence. Um, and I really expect them to continue their success moving forward, which is why I have the New Orleans Saints at my number three on the power rankings. Number four on the power rankings are the Baltimore Ravens. Um, Lamar Jackson obviously hasn't been as good this year as he was last year, uh, but I expected that, you know, a quarterback like Lamar can't sustain performance like he did last year for very long um he can be a good quarterback but i don't think he would be able to play at that level for his entire career it's almost impossible we've never really seen it michael vick did it for a couple seasons but it honestly wasn't long lasting um but that ravens defense has been really good this season um they've kind of made up for some lacks on the offensive side but um you know, one of the games they lost was a really close game against the Steelers. They honestly should have won it. Um, Steelers won it in the last few minutes. Uh, but as of right now, I think the Ravens are set up nicely for a wild card spot. Possible division run if they are able to beat the Steelers the next time they play. 
Um, but we'll see with the Ravens. I've got them at my number four in the power rankings. Number five, they've kind of shot up a couple spots uh, in this last week, are the Buffalo Bills. Again, why they shot up. Last week, they had a huge win against the Seattle Seahawks, and Josh Allen looked really good. Honestly, looked in MVP form. Um, and the Bills have won three straight. Uh, they're, it's obvious that they're kind of leading that division now that the Patriots are kind of falling off almost. But I've got the Buffalo Bills at my number five spot. Seven and two, great record. They've been playing well as a team. That offense has looked really good so far. So Bills, number five. Number six, got the Green Bay Packers uh, at 6-2. and two, And their offense, like the Bills, uh, but almost more so, has been really special this year. Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams has been probably the best quarterback-wide receiver duo all season. Um, only reason that they're this slow at number six is that their defense has been really inconsistent all year. A couple weeks ago, we saw them give up like 200 yards and two touchdowns to Dalvin Cook just rushing. So if they're going to want to make a deep run at the playoffs, they're going to need to fix that up, do something, change a scheme, something. The offense is obviously there. The offense has always been there for the Packers. It's just can that defense step up and help them win games. That's one thing to look out with the Packers going forward, who are at my six on the power rankings. Moving on, Seattle Seahawks, they are my number seven team at six and two, coming off a tough loss to the Bills, as I said. Um, honestly, they're such a weird team to, to judge because their defense has been absolutely atrocious all year, and time and time again, they've been bailed out by Russ. Um, and I don't know how sustainable that is. I don't know how sustainable, how successful a team can be when they have the worst pass defense like the single worst pass defense in the NFL and one of the worst run defenses in the NFL. Yes, they have the offense, Russell Wilson, DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett. You can say all the names you want. If your defense is that bad, I don't see them winning, going past the second round of the playoffs. Um, but that being said, if Russell Wilson can continue to perform at MVP level, he didn't last week, but if he can, that team is still going to have success and I think they can still win their division despite it being very competitive. Moving on to my number eight in the power rankings, that is the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, they were higher, uh, probably top five before their loss to the Saints, but they just looked absolutely awful in that game. Uh, but other than that game, Tom Brady has looked really good all year. And I hate to say it because I am not a Tom Brady fan at all. Um, but he's looked good, and he's been able to help that team succeed. Uh, that defense was turning the corner before last game, uh, but we'll see how they bounce back this, this week. And I think this week is going to be a key week in determining how the rest of the Bucks season is going to go. Will they be able to bounce back, get a win, or will they kind of start to fold just because, you know, uh-oh, teams know how to beat us, stuff like that. But the offense is there. Um, the talent on the defense is there. It's just can they put these together, execute, and win games. So we'll see. Um, number nine spot, it was the Tennessee Titans. Again, I am – Recording this on Friday, so Thursday Night Football Week 10 already happened, and the tight the Colts beat the Titans by a lot last night, which is why I switched them out. I have the Colts at my number nine spot at six and three. Um, the defense has been one of the best in the NFL, up there with the Steelers all season long. Um, but their one question mark, as it was going into the season, was Phillip Rivers. And this far, he's honestly been service, serviceable as a quarterback. Uh, we'll see how he does going forward, but... As of right now, he is playing well enough to win them games along with that defense. You know, that defense is obviously carrying 
a bigger load than Phillip Rivers is. But I think that the way Rivers is playing is good enough with the way that the defense is playing. You know, they complement each other well is what I mean. All right, end of my top 10 power rankings. Number 10 is the Las Vegas Raiders. Um, they're 5-3, and three, and they've beat really good teams this year. They beat the Chiefs. They beat the Saints. They beat the Browns, who are above 500. Um, that offense has looked really good this season. Uh, I think Carr is being very underrated this year. Um, he's got, I think, one of the best completion percentages in the in the NFL, he doesn't throw interceptions. He doesn't he doesn't force any turnovers, anything like that. And I think, you know, with the way that offense is heading, he's going to have to continue to do that because they're rushing the ball a lot. You know, obviously Josh Jacobs is their workhorse. But when they do pass, Carr has been very careful with the ball, and I think that's been good for the Raiders. It may not be the most fun to watch, but it's helped the Raiders win games. Um but, you know, you always got to talk about the defense, and the defense really does need help if they plan on making a deep playoff run. Um, they've been terrible against the pass. They haven't been good against the run. So despite the fact that an offense has looked really good and actually surprised a lot of people, I, I personally wasn't surprised by it. I know they have the talent. I had them as a wild card team this season. Um, but that defense is going to need some help um, one way or another if they're going to make a deep playoff run. So those are my top 10 NFL power rankings. Again, number one, Kansas City Chiefs. Number two, Pittsburgh Steelers. Number three, New Orleans Saints. Number four, Baltimore Ravens. Number five, Buffalo Bills. Number six, Green Bay Packers. Number seven, Seattle Seahawks. Number eight, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Number nine, Indianapolis Colts. And number 10, the Las Vegas Raiders. Moving along to the last portion of our podcast today. I've got my week 10 bold predictions. Uh, last week's bold predictions didn't go too well. I said that the Cowboys would get shut out against Steelers. That didn't happen. I said Stefan Diggs would have 150 receiving yards and two touchdowns. That didn't happen, but he did have a really good game. I believe he had above 100 receiving yards and maybe a touchdown. Uh, I'm not too sure about that. I also had Cam Newton with three total touchdowns against the Jets. He had two, uh, two rushing, zero passing. Uh, and then I said that Russell Wilson would add to his MVP campaign with 350 yards and three touchdowns, and that most definitely did not happen. All right, let's hope I turn it around this week with my bold predictions. Number one, I've got the Green Bay Packers beating the Jacksonville Jaguars by 25 points this week. Uh, like I said earlier, Rodgers and that offense has been unstoppable thus far, and the Jaguars' defense is one of the worst in the NFL. So, you know, those come together. Packers beat them by 25. Next bull prediction, I got the Rams upsetting the Seattle Seahawks this week. Seahawks are coming off the loss where the defense looked terrible. And I honestly like what I've seen from the Rams offense this season. They've looked good. And we obviously know the Seahawks defense, like I said, terrible. Um, and honestly, I like what I've seen from the Rams defense as well. And I think that they could slow them down. If that pass rush, you know, obviously with Aaron Donald, can get to Russell Wilson, I think that the Rams have a really good shot at upsetting the Seahawks this week. Third bold prediction, I've got Philadelphia Eagles running back Miles Sanders rushing for 125 yards and one touchdown in his return to play against the New York Giants. Um, Sanders is fresh off an injury, and he looks to be ready to go, practicing full the last two days. Um, I think that he has a big game this week. 
The last time the Eagles played the Giants, Sanders was out, and Boston Scott, his backup, had a really good game. And we, at least I know, most people know, Miles Sanders is a lot better than Boston Scott. Um, and, you know, th- that Giants rush defense is not very good. So I think that Sanders is going to be able to take advantage of that fresh off of an injury. I think he's going to have a big game. All right, moving on to my fourth and final bold prediction. I've got Drew Locke of the Denver Broncos exploding for 325 passing yards and three touchdowns. I still think the Broncos are going to lose this game, though. I think it's going to be a shootout with the Raiders. Um, But like I said earlier, Raiders' pass defense has been very bad all season. And Locke seems to be hitting his stride. You know, he was injured for a couple weeks earlier this season. But since then, he's slowly built up. And he looked really good late against the Falcons last week. So those are my bold predictions. Packers over Jaguars by 25. Rams upset Seahawks. Miles Sanders, big day, 125-plus and a touchdown. Drew Locke, big day, 325-plus for three touchdowns. As always, thank you so much for listening to Episode 16 of the World of Sports Podcast. Uh, I gave my top 10 picks for the NBA Draft, gave my NFL Power Rankings, and as always, unveiled four bold predictions for Week 10. Uh, Be sure to follow this podcast on Instagram and Twitter at TWS Podcast, TikTok at the World of Sports Podcast, And let me know who you think the best team in the NFL is. As always, my name is Diego Sandoval, signing off.